continue to ask. You need to continue to knock and you need to continue to seek until God gives you an answer, and he will. And uh, the answer he's probably giving you is that you need to wait, and that's why he's not answering it immediately, and you just need to continue to search and seek, and, and he will show you, and just so thankful for that. I, we're continuing our study. I, I feel like I had a little sabbatical last week. We had Thane preaching Sunday morning, Brother Gary preached Sunday night, and, and uh, so I haven't been in the pulpit for a week or so, and so I've been actually giving thought to this message for about three weeks now and asking the Lord to direct in this, and, and uh, I, I pray that it'll be a blessing and, and a challenge, and, and I, I guess more of, of what today might be is, is just something from the heart that, that I want us to see that what, what we truly need uh, in, in a church body, and I pray that'll be a blessing, and but we're continuing our, our series on how to be happy in a, a dysfunctional world and, and being happy and, and what, what brings us happiness. And one of those things that brings uh, happiness in my life is home. You know, Dorothy said it best, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home, right? And so before I even get into the message... I want to ask you guys, I, I want you to be, uh, I want you to be involved this morning in, in this question, but if you were sitting there and, and the first thing that comes to your mind, what do you think about home? What, 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 what do you use to describe it? Share it with me. Somebody raise their hand. What do you think? Yes. Comfort. Good. Haven of rest. Okay. Carol? Safety. Good. Joel? Refuge. Good. Julie? Peaceful. Pam? Family? What else? Yes. Happiness. Good. Heath? What? Yeah? Hey, there you go. Yeah? Unconditional love. Serve the Lord. Yes. Protection. Good. So I want you to go there. I, I, I want you to go to that spot where that, that's your place of refuge. That's your place of safety. That's your place of unconditional love. That, go, go where you walk in and you have those, the, the, the smells of home. You, you have that comfort of your your special chair. And I keep telling my wife, I need that special chair. I had to throw my old recliner away that I'd had for like 17 years. And she said it was ugly and it was old and it needed to go away. And I said, it just matches me, you know. <laughs> so I found a new one at Furniture Mart. And she said, it's ugly. And I'm like, okay, it's big. It fits me. Leave me alone. And then it fits. But you know, you, you go in and, and, and so you have this what is home. And, and so I, I hope you understand where I'm getting to on this is that I truly do believe from what I see in the Scripture, especially in the New Testament, that our church ought to be that kind of home. Now, I know that the family that God has placed us in, in our in, in our 
our, our, our physical, biological family is special. I know that. God, God does that for a reason. And so our home is a special place. And, and it's a special place where all of those things that you listed and, and we shared with each other, that, that there, it, it also ought to be a place of encouragement. It ought to be a place where you can be you. Where you don't have to put on any show at all. You shouldn't anyway, but you definitely feel like you don't have to there. But I also pray and, and I ask that as we go through this service today and, and, and we compare our church body and our, our church today with, and, and look, I, I feel like I have to qualify everything, but the, we know that the church did not exist until the New Testament. I understand that. Okay? So I'm using an Old Testament passage that's talking about the tabernacle. I know that there were some differences there, but we know that the tabernacle represented the very presence of God, and, and it was there that they went to worship Him. It was there where they went to make the sacrifices, and it was there that the intercession was made. It was there that they came together, and, and, and it was different somewhat than, than what we have today. But However, I, I want us to see that, that our church body ought to be as close to a family and as close to home as anything else in this world. Our church ought to be that. David wrote and many times, and, but in Psalm 55, and, and uh, just in the context, talking about him going to the tabernacle, and he said, and walked into the house of God in company. It, it was a place where even the king himself was created and, and treated equal with everybody else that was there. Everybody is equal. The ground is level at the cross. There, there, are no, there, there, are no, there, there is no hierarchy. There, there is nothing there where someone is, is, has a closer uh, uh, avenue to God than someone else. We're all equal when we come into that house of God. And David also wrote here in Psalm 84, and that's where we will be. You can turn there, but in verse 10, he made the statement, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I uh, even made the statement in Psalm 122 in verse 1. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David had such a, a love for God that it gave him a love for his people and for his nation and for his family. And he was oh so passionate about serving God. Now, he made a lot of mistakes. I shouldn't say mistakes. They, they resulted in mistakes, but he made some bad decisions along the way. But even in that passion, God still was blessing him. But one of the things that Mark David, that, that made him the the greatest king of Israel and, and truly one that was an inspiring leader was his attitude that he had towards the Lord. And the attitude that he had towards that time of worship. And, and he said, oh, how I look forward to, to, to uh, worshiping and, and going into the house of God. Oh, how I'd rather be a doorkeeper at the, at the gates of the, uh, of the temple than, than, than and living thousands of years in the, 
the tents of the wickedness. And oh, how I enjoy coming and, and communing with those that are around and, and seeing that. And, and that is exactly what I want us to get to today is understanding how during that time, that tabernacle, when, whenever they, when Abraham started, and, or not Abraham, but Moses, whenever uh, uh, they were brought and, and built the tabernacle, when they were wandering in the wilderness, and, and that tabernacle was right smack in the center of everything, and all the tribes camped out around it, and they would always come to the center because that is where they came together. And it was there that they worshiped God together. It was there that they had fellowship together. It was there that they learned about who they were as a nation and as a as a nation of God. And, and, it, and it is that place where we ought to be able to come today. And it's here that we come and we worship God together corporately and we sing together and we and we love each other and we help each other and we encourage those who have lost a spouse and we encourage those that are going through hard times and 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 we're helping each other and 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 calling on those that are not walking with God the way that they ought to and and, and you know what we're telling them we're going to all of them and we're saying come home come home come back to where you need to be as a believer, you need to get back in the house of God. You need to get back with that body of believers and know we're not perfect. And yes, we're going to say things and do things at times that are going to make you mad and, and upset you along the way. But we are a family. And we get over that. And we grow and we help each other. And so I ask you, what's your attitude about home? Your attitude towards home will reflect on a lot of what your attitude towards church. And all of that will represent what your attitude towards God truly is. Let us be thankful for a relationship that we have with our Father through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us be thankful for our local church where we can come and, and depend and totally open up ourselves to God and to God's people and pray for one another and love one another as we ought to. And let us worship God as we should. Let this place, and I know it's a building, everybody wants to tell us it's always, it's just the people, and look, I understand that, but we're here together. And it is important that we have a place to come and to worship, and we ought to be oh so thankful that, that we have a nice place that we can come and, and worship together and sing praises to our God and, and give Him honor and glory, and, and, and we come together, and we ought to be oh so thankful for the body of believers and, and those that come that maybe they're searching and they're looking and they're thinking, man, there's something missing in my life, and they can come in here and, and they can hear us singing and, and, and praising God and, and, and hearing the Word of God and, and encouraging each other by praying with each other and fellowshipping with one another and eating together and hearing about the issues that's going on in your life. And, and all of a sudden they can see, hey, it's this love that, that they're showing me that that's what I'm missing out on. And, and then you can show them that that love begins and ends with the love that Christ has shown us in that He died on the cross and, and gave us that forgiveness by any of those that will call upon Him and trust in Him, placing their faith in Him, and, and they can see and, and, and start seeing that void being filled in their lives. And it all comes about having a family of God that loves each other and comes together and shares with each other. So come home.
come home. You know, my heart has been burdened, and, and I need to be more than just burdened. I need to do more and started doing some of that, but, but I have to do so much better. My heart has been so burdened for those that, that just haven't been here for quite some time. And oh, how I pray that, that God in some way would, would, would get them to, to, to turn on the live stream at some point in time. And, and, and may I say, and I, and I don't want you to feel uncomfortable with this, but there are some of you here today that have been on my heart and on my mind, and you're here today, and I say, come home. Come home. And there's no judgment. There's no condemnation. There's just a place where we want you to come and worship together, and learn more about who God is, and get the, get the busyness of the world, and the noise of the world out of your heart, and out of your mind, and be able to come in here, just like you were walking into your home, and, and feeling comfortable there, and you can come here, and you can feel at home, and know there's no judgment here, but there's only help, and, 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 and they love you, and hey look, there were times where my dad scolded me for doing something that I wasn't supposed to be doing. There are times where believers are going to do that with you, and it's not to make you mad, but it's to show you that, hey, we do love you, and we do care, and we want you here. And so as we look in Psalm 84, the first four verses, let's just think about home. It ought to be a lovely place. We see that verse 1 says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. It ought to be a place where as we give thought to this, and that word amiable, amiable means beloved. It's a beloved place. It's a lovely place. It's just a great place that we can come and understand that God is the Lord of hosts. God is the one that leads the army. God is the one that does the fighting. God is the one that prepares us for battle. God is the one that can lift us up and, and, and strengthen us and, and, uh, against the enemy and, and help us to be exactly what it is that, that we ought to be. It's here that we can learn those things. It's here that we can grow and, and, and know more about what Scriptures say and uh, about who God is. And, and it's here that, that we can... We, we don't have to be embarrassed by not knowing very much. We don't have to be embarrassed if you don't know all 66 books of the Bible. You don't have to be embarrassed that maybe you don't know whether Jeremiah is in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. You don't have to be embarrassed about what, what, what is a prophet or, or, or a, a priest or a king or who is this talking about or, or you can't explain anything about the Trinity and, and you don't know everything about God. That's okay. You come here because you're part of a family and we're going to learn it together. And we'll help each other. And it ought to be a lovely place that, that we are here being prepared for that war and that battle that's taking on in our lives and around us and in this world. And it is. And all the noise of this world is going on. And you can come here just like you can at home and find a blessed quietness. Truly a quietness that that, psalm, or that song is talking about is the quietness of your heart. Psalm 43, verses 3 through 5, he writes, O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me, let them bring me unto the holy hill and to thy tabernacles. 
Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. You cast down, come home. You need encouragement, come home. You need acceptance, come home. You need strength in your walk, come home. You see, this isn't about just coming in and feeling good and, 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 and it's, it has nothing to do with gonna be in a, a country club or something like that, but it is a place where you can come in and, and know there's no condemnation with each other and there's no judgment. There is only help and there is only love and there's not hypocrisy and, and there's not a, a gossiping session going on, but there is a true, genuine desire to help one another, making this a lovely place to be. Oh, is the... And in doing so, we find that if it's going to be a lovely place, then we need to understand that the Lord is Lord, that Jesus is King, and that we worship Him and understand that He is the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of the army, knowing that there's a great battle. And so we do battle with Him. And we learn about who He is and God even wrote about that in Ephesians and Paul writing to the church at Ephesus and, and, and encouraging them and telling them that, that there are gifts in the church that are there to help us. And, and he says in verse 11 of chapter 4, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? Why did he give them? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. That is what it's about. Look, I, I want you to come and I want you to be accepted and I want you to, to know that you're loved and I, I want you to know that you're not judged, you're not condemned, but we do want to help you, but we are here to help you in serving God and, and in doing what it is that God wants us to do, not, not the world. We're, we're trying to do our best to shut the world's noise off. We don't want anything to do with the world around us. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all the things which is the head, even Christ." You see, that's what it's about, is preparing ourselves so that when we come in here, we are prepared, we are encouraged, we're given a little bit more of the scripture and the knowledge of it so that we can go out this week and do better in our battle, in our spiritual walk, having more victories in our life than we did last week. And we build upon it. But oh, how subtle Satan is and trying to deceive us and keep us from those things and how careful we need to guard this place to make sure that it's a lovely place. You see, it's a, it, it tells us in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15 that, that we need to learn how we ought to behave 
in the church the pillar and ground of the truth. And so we need to guard that. And why? Because in Ephesians 6, won't go there for time, but verses 10 through 19, we see that it's a wicked spiritual battle that's taking place. I mentioned this in Connections class this morning, but share with you again, it, it is a spiritual battle. Every Sunday is a spiritual battle. You don't think so? Those of you who have little kids, how many of them threw a fit last night? How many of you gave you some problems even this morning? How, how many times do you find yourselves as a husband and a wife fighting on the way to church? You think, well, we've had a great week. Why in the world are we doing this on a Sunday and we're fighting as we're coming in to worship God? And then, then God, Satan starts putting these subtle ideas in your mind and think, well, we need to, we need to have a little smoother ride, uh, uh, ride here in this life. And so if the fights always come on going into God's house, then let's just quit going and, and let's do the things that make us happy and, and don't cause these fights in our lives. And, and so then pretty soon you, you've taken a week off or you've taken two weeks off or pretty soon it's a month. Next, next you know it's been a year and then all of a sudden you see the, the pastor bebopping through Walmart and, and you go hide in the next aisle over because you don't want him to see you or, or, or you hide whenever you see him come to your door and knock on the door and you're like, man, I don't want to talk to this guy and, and look, all, I'm wanna, all I want to tell you is come home. Come home. Man, Satan fights that. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want to see anybody trust Christ as their Savior. I'll tell you what, Friday... Friday when we were done with the funeral and finally had cleaned up everything, I was done. Just done. And I know I'm fat and out of shape. But this wasn't a physical done. Just spiritually and emotionally, you're just wiped out. And you know that there was a horrendous battle that was taking place that we couldn't see. And all I wanted to tell those people, and I tried to, come home. Come home to the shepherd. And so it ought to be a lovely place. Verse 2 says, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. I don't know about your home, but one of our special times, usually it's on a Sunday night, after the evening service is over, I go home, I put on my moose pants, I put on the old t-shirt, I kick back in the recliner and think, oh, I need some ice cream. <laughs> Bluebell, or is it Bluebell? Yeah, Bluebell, homemade, vanilla. Mm. Raspberry sauce poured over it. There are times where I long for that. And it's usually I'm having that really earnest desire when we don't have anything in the refrigerator. <laughs> However, the nice thing about being a townie and an urbanite is Brush Grocery Card is only about four blocks away now. When it was 17 miles away when we lived in Missouri, forget it. You're not going anywhere. Suck on your thumb or whatever. But here, he says, my soul longeth for the courts of the Lord. 
Oh, how I long to be there. May I say this? That if you get out and you, and you, and you stop coming to that place of corporate worship and you stop coming around those that love you and care for you, and, and we really do, and, and we need to grow in how we do that and how we show that. I understand that, and we, and we need to do better. But, but when it gets to a point where, where that's not bothering you and, and you don't have that desire, don't blame it on everybody that's here. It's your fault. Your desires have changed. You're the one that's being led astray. You're the one that's starting to believe lies that, that are being spoken in your ears by Satan and, and his hosts around you. You're the one that, that is starting to listen to the flesh and, and thinking that, I don't want to do that fight with my battle. Look, you need to do that fight with your battle every Sunday morning when you bring your children to church. Because if you don't, then you need to realize that, dads, you're going to be the one that's responsible and Satan is going to sift your children away from you. What you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. Oh, and how we need to guard against that. But it ought to be a desirable place, a place where you want to come, a place where you just you feel compelled and, and pulled, and, 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 and you do feel bad when you're not here. Look, I understand there are times when you can't be here, but there are times you could be. There are times you should be. And you're just not. Oh, we need to long for it. Something missing when you aren't here. Because I can tell you that when you're not here, you are missed by those that are. Those that sit in your little suburb. You know? <laughs> you guys are all messed up. Sitting way back there today. Your suburb is over here. Don't be wandering around. They put their house up for sale and they moved back there and they're on the wrong side of the tracks now. <laughs> oh, we ought to long for it and, and miss it. Even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. You know what that, to faint to the point of being spent. I, my, my heart is always refreshed when I see how many step up and help when, when it's needed. I think I, I counted I think I counted 28 people from our church just helping on Friday. And what a blessing. Truly a blessing to see that. All of them hanging around and 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 helping clean up, but but milling around and and talking to those that that were uh, we're here for that funeral and, and encouraging them. And, and I've seen people come to Sally today and, and encouraging her. And, and, and that is what it's about. And you are being willing to be spent for the things of God. To be spent in spending time with others around you. Even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. Jesus said in Described Jesus in Matthew 20 and verse 28, even as the Son of Man came, not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. Let us be an example of Jesus. Let us learn to serve. Let us learn to, to be the kind of servant, lowly in heart and meek, like our Savior. Let us learn to carry one another's burdens. Let us learn to weep when someone is weeping. 
Let us, let us laugh when someone is laughing. Let us rejoice when someone is rejoicing. Let, let us stand up for the Word of God and, and, and encourage another one to, to do what's right and live the way that they ought to. Let us see those that aren't here and go out and reach to them and say, look, come home. Come home. Come back to where you need to be. We're here to help. And then it says... My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. My heart shouts. My flesh is shouting out to our Savior. We are praising the living God. I, <clears throat> people ought to, to, to make this a desirable place, you, you really need to act like you, you, you like people. You know? I mean, you ever been in a church where you sit down and you feel like somebody's staring a hole in your back? They, man, you know, they're like, like, what are you doing here? We don't have visitors. You, you sat in Elda's place. She's been dead for 67 years, but that's her place. You ever get that feeling? You know, I... I I guess I've gotten myself in trouble with this before, but I, I want this place to be a place where it is desirable to come. Look, my kids, I, and I hate to say this, I'm sure there were times where my kids just didn't want to come home because they knew that dad was a grouch. And I don't want that. I, I, I want people to come in, and, we're, and, and, and we truly are. We're, we're glad to see you. We're, we're thrilled that you're here. We'll do anything we can to help you and, and to help you in your walk and, and introduce you to our Savior and show you the joy that, that comes from serving a living God and, and one that's perfect in all ways and still sends His Savior and, and gives us eternal life and, and the joy of eternity and, and knowing that one day we will spend an eternity together. And so we're working on it now to have that kind of a relationship that God wants us to have and we're going to rejoice in that. And my heart rejoices in serving our God. And my, my mouth is praising Him continually. And, and I'm encouraging you to do the same thing and to help make this a desirable place. As my wife would say, smile, serve, and be sweet. Oh, how we need to learn more of that. How we need to see that our Savior was one that served. You don't come to see what you can get out of it. You come to see what you can do for it. In your worship of our Savior. And how we can make this that desirable place that God wants it to be. Let people see Jesus through our worship and through our fellowship with one another. And and as the family grows, and I say this too, as the family grows, don't be upset if another family member can't remember your name. <laughs> that does happen too, doesn't it? Sometimes as we've grown, I get up here and I get a nervous wreck doing birthdays thinking, well, somebody's going to raise their hand. I don't know who they are. And it has happened. But I'm not going to tell you how I deal with it. Because I'm getting to the age now that, that, I don't know, I've known Rory for 20 years. I might call him Roger. Oh, or it starts with an R. I don't, 
Yeah, this guy. Anyway, you know, you just never know. But it ought to be a desirable place. But look at verse 3. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Oh, the, the sparrow goes and finds it a place to lay the eggs and raise the babies. That swallow finds that nest usually made out of mud, usually right over your door, where they always make a mess on your porch. They have that nice place there where then you feel bad because you get lazy and you don't take it down, and then, then pretty soon you got about six babies up there chirping, and you know, and, and then they're all sitting around, and you have to watch yourself when you go in the door, you know, the, the swallow, but that's a place of security that they have. And, and, and just as the sparrow finds a house, just as the, as the swallow finds that nest and, and builds it and, and raises their young, uh, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, it's there where, where you can come and you learn all about who He is, that He's the one that does our battles, that, that He's our Lord, that He's our Savior, that He's our God, that, that He's everything that is our being, that, that everything that we have, everything that we are, we all owe it all to Him, and we want to give Him honor, and we want to give Him glory. And we learn more and more about him as we stay in that place of security. It truly ought to be a peaceful place where we can grow. Remember where in Psalm 23 when David wrote about the shepherd and what does the shepherd do? But he leads the sheep beside the still waters. You see, even as dumb as the sheep are, the sheep were afraid and still are to get out into the running water, get swept away. They'll drown. And so they like to go where where might be a pool of water where it swirls around in the river and, and they can go up to that quiet place and it's there where they can get that drink of water and, and that water is showing the, the, the they, they have that nourishment and they can then they can go out into the, the peaceful meadows and it's there that they can grow and they can they can feed and they can be nourished and, and be what it is that they needed to be as sheep. And, and it's that place where we can go and, and, and in that peaceful place that we can come and we can grow and learn about who God is. And, and we don't have to put on some facade and, and we don't have to worry about what people are thinking about us, but we can come in here and we can sit down and, and be who we are and, and maybe not know very much or, or maybe we do know some that we can help someone that doesn't know very much, but we're helping each other to grow and it ought to be a, that peaceful place where you can grow because that is when we grow that's when we see God blessing our churches God God doesn't bless the church and and bring people in whenever there's chaos going on and and fighting amongst us that God's not going to bring them in and say oh yeah let's bring them in and let's watch these two spat and 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 chase them off and because they don't want no part of this that you know that kind of junk and they want to come into a place that is peaceful and and that and that's real so they come, a place to go to the altar, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, a place where you can go and you can get right with God, a place where you can go and drop off that burden of sin that you have and get things right. It's a place where we recognize the Lord of hosts and he becomes your king and your God. It's a place where you can give the testimony that here is where my children were saved. 
It's here that my faith has grown. It's here that my wisdom has expanded and my marriage has been strengthened. It's here that my children have been called into service to to serve our Lord and Savior. It's a place where we buried many of our loved ones. It's a place where you can be encouraged whenever you find out you have cancer or that your son had cancer. It's a place where you know that you're loved for who you are. It's a place where you can be encouraged and allowed to be who you are. It's a place of safety. And it's a happy place. It's a place where you can come and you can get away from the noise of the world and just let God speak to you. Oh, how we need that. Oh, how our churches need to see that. Oh, how believers need to see that. And oh, how real we truly need to be. Home. Verse 4, it ought to be a happy place. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. Happy. Happy are they that remain in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Selah. Let us not, let us never give up the doctrine, the glory of preaching the word of God, standing against sin, telling people the truth of the gospel. Let us never give those things up because as soon as we do, we're no longer the happy place, but we're just like the world. But when we keep it, it truly is that happy place. Oh, God has shown us that since the New Testament times. He showed us how even then, when they had to come and make all of the sacrifices that David gave testimony over and over and over, that it's still the place that brings me happiness. That place that represents our Lord. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another. Pay attention to one another. to provoke unto love and to good works. Stir each other up. Provoke them unto love and good works. You see, I'm, I'm pretty good at taking things out of context, and every once in a while I'll tell my wife, I said, see, it tells me that I'm supposed to provoke you. <laughs> and then she always adds that unto love and to good works. <clears throat> not forsaking. And this is a command. Stop abandoning. Stop deserting. Stop leaving the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching.
Friday in the funeral for Harold, a gentleman got up and said a number of nice words about Harold. And he said one of the things about Harold that he really liked, and he said it's just not common to see, and it isn't, but it ought to be with our family, ought to be with believers. He said something that was uncommon with Harold was that he'd call you into the office and chew you out. And he said it was almost like grandpa, you know, was chewing you out. And you really felt awful when you walked out of there. But he said he'd chew you out. And then he opened the door and said, hey, let's go somewhere. We're going to have lunch, then we're going to go do this or this or this. And it was forgotten. It was forgotten. Sometimes as a family, we chew each other out. Sometimes we exhort one another. Sometimes we make each other mad. You come together and you work it out. And then it's over. And you move on. Harold was an example of that with an unsafe world. How we ought to be that in this body of Christ. We are all different. We are all different. What are we going to do? if a liberal gets saved in our church. We are. We are. We're going to show them that they need to repent. But we're going to love them. Now, what if someone likes a Toyota more than a Ford? You know, we'll pray for them. I, I, did, I said that for Rory. You know, we just... Let this be what God wants it to be, a lovely place, a desirable place, a peaceful place, and a happy place. You know where it all starts? Having the peace of God in your heart. That begins by having trusted Christ as your Savior. You make peace with God and be reconciled with God then you can have the peace that passeth all understanding and will help you to have the love for one another as we ought to be. Lord, help us. Help us to be the place where people look forward to coming and worshiping together. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the challenges of it. I thank you that when I, whenever I think of a tabernacle and, and even the temple, I, I, I think of, of how bloody and how gruesome it must have been where the priests would come and they would wash in the laver and then they would go and they would have to make the sacrifices and on the altar and, and the blood that would have been everywhere and, and, and the, the crying and the moaning and the, and the weeping of, of sins and and I think of even the animals that would have been making the you know, noises during the time. And, and in all of that, having to do that so that they had access to you. And still David said that he looked forward to coming to the house of the Lord. God, we know that Jesus has taken the place of all of those sacrifices and was that perfect sacrifice that those that call upon you 
trusting in all that Christ has done, and their faith totally upon you, that you give them the forgiveness of sins, and you give them the promise of eternal life, and you give them the strength to live this life in a way that brings honor and joy in their lives to you. Lord, I pray that you help us. Help us to have that joy. Help us to show it to others around us. Help us to take each and every person that comes through these doors and we help them to see their need of a Savior, to trust Him, and then to help them to live for you and see their lives completely changed for your glory. God use us. Use us to do that. Let this be a place not where people drive by and have ill feelings, but it's truly a place that they love, that they look forward to being here and worship you and see one another and encourage one another and walk out of here strengthened in their walk. Lord, it is a privilege to know you. It is a privilege to be your child. Help us to live with that. Help us to understand more of that privilege every day and by the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit to be what you want us to be. Lord, if there is anything in here today that hinders that in anyone sitting here, that Lord, they cast it off today. Whether it be to come forward and kneel and cast it there, whether it be to get on their knees or on their chair and do it right where they're at, whether they do it even while we're singing the hymn, that, Lord, they cast it out of their heart, out of their life, and they come home. Help us, Lord, to be that. Help us be honoring to you in all that we do. We love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.